Greetings, Quester. The Meddlesome Meeples present Tome Talk with Richard and Matt. So on this segment of Tome Talk, Richard has a book to present to us, which is Fahrenheit 45 by Ray Bradbury. So tell yep. us something about this book, Richard. Actually, Fahrenheit 451. Fahrenheit. number. Well, yep. the one didn't seem important. Yeah, well... It's only well, a little one. <laughs> well, I was going to just... Uh, start with uh, talking about why it has got that title because mm-hmm. when I picked up this book and I'd heard of it before I didn't know why it had this title but um, just on the inside of it inside cover before it actually starts um, it tells us Fahrenheit 451 the temperature at which book paper catches fire and burns so, so that is why it has this title so was when Ray Bradbury wrote that did he have in mind the fact that this book could be burned um, well, it's a book about a worrying book burning. Sign. So yeah, um, basically, okay. yeah, I don't think he was in any fear that this book would be burned, but he, I think at the time, I mean, this was in the 50s, mm. I think he was a little bit worried about the way society might go in the future. Because uh, obviously, um, watching TV was becoming a thing back then, yeah. <laughs> and who knows where that would have led. As we know, so it's the burning of not books, been too apparently. bad. Well, it's one of those um, dystopian books, right. basically. So... I'm quite glad I've been able to read this now, or get round to reading it. Um, I've already read 1984, that's the other bleak vision of the future, <laughs> by George Orwell. The other one I want to read is um, Huxley's um, Brave New World. That's a bit more, still a dystopia, but that's about people being blissed out on SOMA. I hope our listeners share my concern that uh, that you have a very bleak outlook of the future. I mean, I'm worried about all these dystopian books. No, no, no. It's It's just, it's good to know (laughs) the kind of future people foresaw back years ago, and just appreciate the fact that it didn't happen like that. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, it's just... So this one, um, Fahrenheit 451, obviously mainly about the burning of books. Now, the main character is, uh, is called Montag, and he is a fireman. And in this future, uh, people don't really remember that firemen used to put out fires. Also, um, oh, in this, the firemen are actually going around causing the fires. Yeah, yeah, they right. are. And so basically, all the houses are fireproof. I don't know how they managed to do that. That's just a, a thing. Um, part of someone this should be working on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, um, I think all the stuff in your house would still catch fire. But you know, I don't know. Maybe they well, make my, everything. My fireproof. house is full <laughs> of books, CDs, and games. All of which are fairly yeah. flammable. Yeah, well, Montag would be straight around there. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, yeah, books are illegal. <clears throat> and the reason for it is um, it's considered that it would upset people, basically. Um, people like Some to books have... are upsetting. I mean, I, I could, mm. at this point, go back to my comments that I've made previously about Twilight. Yeah, yeah. So, that could be burned. Like, I'd, it... I'd be in favour of, of burning <laughs> well, copies of Twilight. I just have to be really glad that Montag ended up finding and being interested in the books that he did, mm. and that it wasn't just a collection of Twilight. <laughs> Otherwise, it just could have reaffirmed yeah. like, his life choices at that point. So, yeah, what happens is if someone get, if they get a call that a neighbour suspects that someone might have books in their house, the fireman will go round, and if they find books, they have the hoses, but. <laughs> they're full of kerosene <laughs> and they, they spray it on the books and then just light a match and burn them all um, they have 451 <clears throat> written on their uniforms <coughs> sorry just no 
don't know why I'm coughing. I need more beer to talk it's about. It's all this sort of fire. You're imagining <clears throat> flames in your head, aren't you? In the yeah, imaginary smoke happening. is making you cough. <laughs> yeah. And um, so what happens is, in this book, you just kind of get an idea of the kind of world they're living in. It's not one of the ones that explains the situation mm. right at the start. Um, you're just seeing things basically through Montag's eyes. And you learn about his career as you go. <clears throat> and... Um, yeah, it ends up being uh, very interesting, especially when he goes to talk to his wife, mm. because she is like the the classic uh, person in this um, in this society. So Montag is someone who's questioning it. Yeah, and he um, and his wife is pro book burning. And well, she doesn't even think about books. She um, she has these massive TVs, but mm. she just calls them walls. So. Three of the walls in the living room are just TVs. Mm. And she sits in there talking to people all day through them. Um, so it's kind of half TV, half internet. Right. Um, she's pestering him to get the fourth wall turned into a TV as well. <laughs> um, I'm but... sure I've had the same conversation with my <laughs> wife, but from a different point of view. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She just wants more walls back. Yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. in this room especially. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, and it, what the what is actually on the TV is very much reality mm. based. It's not exactly reality TV as we would understand it today. Obviously, this is years before mm. that, but it's it's more like she has these conversations with people, and some of it is scripted. So she right. sometimes receives these scripts in the morning, and she has like her parts that she will have to say just to kind of make up this story between her friends. That it's does a sound weird very thing. bizarre. It's bizarre, and she has such a short attention span. Mm. You really feel for Montag because he's, he's just trying to talk to her about important things and she just kind of completely go off on something else and then go into the living room and start... She has it turned up really loud and start blasting these things out. So I suppose in the 50s when this was written, mm. you would kind of worry a bit that that's what TV watching was leading to, this kind of short attention span kind of uh, situation. But if, if that's the case, where was the where did the fear of the books and the fear that perhaps it could be insulting to people, where did well, that all originate from? Yeah, um, there is a point in the book where um, where Montag's fire chief mm. at his uh, fire station, he suspects Montag of having taken some books from the last burning and hidden them. And he comes around just to basically talk to him. And he sits down and just explains the whole of it to Montag. Like he turns out to know a lot more about it than Montag does. Montag just knows like the whitewash history version. Mm. But this guy Beatty, he explains it all. And um, yeah, I'm not going to go into the actual details of of why it is. But basically, yeah, they do think that this kind of fiction that is in books will just upset people. And they want people to just be happy with with this kind of society that they've got and with reality. Uh, they they often say, like, books about people that never existed. And that's the main so problem with it. So, effectively, the thought is that the, the government is trying to control the mm. populace and, yeah, and yeah. provide a control environment for the populace. Yeah. And maybe stamping down on anything that doesn't fit into their narrative. Yeah, there's that kind of thing. Yeah, and just um, the way that is explained by BT is that it kind of happened organically. Mm. Um, BT was saying that it would work even without the firemen. Um, 
firemen are there just to kind of make it look like the government's doing something but people kind of lost interest in books on their own mm. but um yeah they needed to just kind of have some kind of official stance mm. on it but yeah basically the government is kind of doing just what they want uh that's that becomes more of an issue later on in the book mm. um the aspects of the book that are very noteworthy are the amount of similes and metaphors there are in it um, it's written in a very poetic way. Um, I was quite surprised at that. And um, part of it is the fact that it is a book about books. Mm. So it's it's kind of got to be in a way. There are mm. a lot of quotes, um, some like biblical quotes and from classic literature quite a lot. Um, one of the books that Montag ends up with is the book of Ecclesiastes. And he ends up actually kind of memorising that. What, the, so, uh, the original the Bible book. Yeah, well, the King James Version, yeah. I think. So I think, he's, I think he had a Bible and he just kind mm. of happened to turn to Ecclesiastes and ended mm. up just kind of uh, reading through it all. So, um, yeah, and the interesting thing about this is it's the um, 50th anniversary copy. So it's actually got a foreword by Ray Bradbury. And he talked about when he wrote it to actually get some peace and quiet to write the book, he found this um, basement of a university library mm. where there were these pay typewriters. You could like put in dimes and then you like have a whole hour with the typewriter. <laughs> and he just there was that seems a, a bizarre concept to me. Uh, yeah, it is it weird, really does. isn't it? Yeah. So while I was reading it, I was also just imagining him writing it there, um, and the fact that it was under a library as well is that he could just keep going up the stairs and just mm. find some more books to quote. Yeah. Um, so it, that kind of helped, especially when you're writing a book about mm. other books. Um, I think that was a, a big help to that. Um, there is also an afterward as well mm-hmm. by him where he explains a little bit more about where the story came from. Um, it came from a few of his short stories that he'd written before. Some of them he'd managed to publish and some of them he hadn't. Um, there was one called The Fireman, which was a, a little bit more about just this. There's also one called The Pedestrian, and that was based off a, a true story from his mm. life where a policeman randomly stopped him while he was walking along. <laughs> um, basically, I don't think he actually got to know why the policeman had stopped him. In He asked what he was doing, and he said, I'm just walking. And then the policeman kind of got a call that he had to, to go away. There was like an emergency, and the policeman just left him at, don't do it again. <laughs> and so that gave him the idea of writing a story about mm. a society where walking was illegal. <laughs> so the pe- pedestrian was basically about someone getting arrested just for walking. Mm. Um, and that kind of came into... It also mixed with a story about what someone would miss um, on the brink of a nuclear war. Mm. It's like somebody that was thinking about... Uh, just basically listing all the things that he's going to miss once the the world ends and just those kind of thoughts kind of went into making this book there's a few more details of those stories that i'm glad he left until the afterward rather than the forward because it would have blown some of the story for Mm. me anyway um so i think yeah this this edition especially is quite good because you've got the novel in the middle but then just Mm. a bit of background either side so I would be interested in reading a few more of Ray Bradford's books, especially since it is so much about normal human life, mm. human interactions, even though it is sci-fi. And the fact that he is so interested 
in classic literature and he does seem to want to put that love of books mm. into his own stories as well um, I just think it's a, a very interesting way of writing um, so yeah although it's about a dystopian future and it's one that you couldn't really see happening I mean mm. it all seems so well, I th- weird I think, uh, I think actually in my mind I mean obviously I've not read it but just from what mm. you said it's a future that I could see I mean we, right, we yeah. see um, certain governments wanting to control the media for example yeah. we see we live in a world where a number of books are banned mm-hmm. where certain books have caused great upset in particular communities and cultures yeah uh, we live in a world where people seem to be reading less and less mm. uh, with actual physical books where yeah um, mm. a lot of people now do their writing on electronic devices they're reading on electronic devices yeah um, and some of that is a convenience element, isn't it? Obviously, because yeah, if you've got is. like a hundred books on a on a Kindle or you know some on some sort of tablet mm. that you can just take with you wherever you go, it's it's handy to have your book library there. And also, it's more environmentally friendly for people to have their books that way. Yeah. But generally speaking, more and more people seem to be moving away from reading books, apart from like your big ones that come through every now and then, like your your Harry Potters and you know things like that they just seem to take the world by storm mm-hmm. um more people want to watch tv series and tv shows and yeah. reality tv and things like that but as at least it's a, it's similar stuff to books though mm. that we get now and I, yeah. I know it's different but i mean we haven't got to the point where just as an example um, montag's wife is talking about the five minute romance that was on mm. last night <laughs> stuff like that we haven't got to that short attention spans yet we're quite happy to have a quite long story Mm. and one with kind of deep characters Mm. and complete fiction as well um yeah i know what you mean like society does change but it's changed in a much different way to what was foreseen oh yeah i mean what could possibly have happened obviously what what i'm what i'm saying about modern society in reading is is different to having brigades that go around yeah yeah, burning all the books yeah but you could see the sort of the similarities in the way that people view reading yeah and i could see i could see uh books being outlawed something like that happening but i couldn't see the kind of psychological change that Mm. that would happen because we know human nature stays very similar even though society changes a lot, um, the kind of things we like to do as people um, do stay very similar. I know you, you can you have very um, strange societies around the world, mm. like you know, where they there is like a stranglehold on the media and mm. things like that. But um, but yeah, um, I think people are always going to be thinking for themselves. It's like like with nineteen eighty four. Um, I was reading a book about language and they were talking about Newspeak. Mm. I think it, the book was by Stephen Pinker, about the, the language inte- interest, yeah, language instinct. And it was um, talking about how with Newspeak it wouldn't really stop you having thoughts about revolution and things like mm. that because you can have thoughts that you can't put into words. Mm. Even if Newspeak took away um, most of the words that we would use in daily life, we'd still have concepts like, hmm maybe we could have some more freedom from, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. I mean, you don't need the words for it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, um, I just I thought this was a very interesting book. Yeah. And, yeah, like I said, I'd be, I would look forward to reading a few more by Ray Bradbury and also some more um, 
classic sci-fi maybe not a dystopian one next time might go back to a bit more of the space uh, type story um, well I'm not sure which one I'm going to read next but there's a few options yeah <laughs> okay. okay well so that's been Ray Bradbury Fahrenheit 451 Richard thoroughly enjoyed this yeah I did and uh, hopefully I'll be bringing you a book on our next episode I've oh, got yeah. an idea of what it's going to be okay have it, you read it yet uh, no, but it's on the side ready for me to read. Okay. And actually, this it's a book which you'll find out is one that I was after for a very long time. Hmm. It's an alternate history science fiction novel. Nice. So something a little bit different from my usual recommendations. But not different from... <laughs> but not that different from Richard's. Uh, Matt's going to be like me next time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. But this time I've been Matt. This has been Richard. Next mm-hmm. time, this will be Matt, and I'll be Richard. You have to sit in this chair. Yeah. <laughs> you talk about it. Okay. <laughs> that is the sci-fi chair. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Farewell, Questa. To find out about other productions by the Middlesome Meeples, then check out our channel or rendezvous with us at middlesomemeeples.com. Until next time, Questa, farewell, and keep thine axe sharp. <laughs>